0: To nuclear Heat. This is a new Retrospective Wrestling Podcast. I am Dwayne, and I am on Know The Score with my co-host Don DeLorente. We are on the CSPN. This is the new Retrospective Wrestling Podcast show, and with the move to Friday nights for SmackDown, we are able to do this recording every Tuesday night, and we are looking forward to giving you uh, our thoughts and perspectives on The moments that define wrestling and everything of that sort. And then, you know, current statuses, things in between, how we would have booked everything, how we would have, what's the other word I'm looking for? We're We're looking to do everything, put our thoughts and our spin on the greatest moments, how we would have done things in retrospect of the biggest moments in wrestling history. I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Simmons. Sean, can you tell us where everybody can find you?
1: Yes. Um, what's, like Dwayne said, my name is Sean. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Um, M-A. uh, And I'm excited to get this started, man. We've been talking about this forever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Finally got it together. We're ready to roll, like Dwayne said. Um, what we hope to give you... Um, is a look back like Conrad Mer- uh, Thompson says we're going to jump back in our way back machine, uh, we're going to look at the moments that we grew up on uh, we're going to review some of them and some we're going to turn the page um, and we're going to step in the booker chair and tell you how we would have done it um, so hopefully uh, you'll be entertained we look forward to hearing your comments and yeah man, uh, it took us long enough to get here, I'm ready to get started bro, let's go Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So joining us today on the first edition of Nuclear Heat, he's a good friend of ours. I've known him on Twitter for a very long time. We actually met him at the event that we're going to be talking about today, WrestleMania 30. Benny Brown, welcome to the show. And can you tell us where we can find you?
2: Y'all can find me on Twitter at Oigo Las Voces. In case anyone is wondering, that is I Hear Voices in Spanish. And of course, that is the theme song of Randy Orton, who I was a fan of when I started my Twitter account back in 2009.
1: Notice he said was. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Definitely. I heard the was in there before we found out Randy Orton is a complete asshole and a complete <laughs> racist asshole. So yeah, um, you know, I was a very, I was a big Randy Orton fan. Sean remembers I bought the shirts at WrestleMania. The uh, shirts, yes, Whoa. the shirts. You know, notice how I, you know, I can't even find them things anymore. So I don't know <laughs> where they are. They would make good. They would be good shower match at this point. So uh, you know, so I went from Randy Orton to Triple H, and lately I've been buying. AJ Styles and Seth Rollins shirt. So yeah. No was an evolution of Hey, ho, oh, oh,
1: oh, oh, oh. Hey. You better not have that man's man shirt. Which one? That that Seth Rollins shirt, that the man's man. Oh no, 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 no. Okay. No, no. I'm just saying, yo, any other Seth Rollins shirt is I, cool. But as long as you I can't have my best the- walking around with that shit. Oh yeah, I got the <laughs>
0: absolutely not i got the ignite the will shirt so yeah, yeah
1: good good, good. good, good. well fellas i'm excited to jump into this discussion about uh wrestlemania 30 uh i think uh we all met in new orleans a couple of days before the event uh to start off you know can we just kind of talk about um, Which WrestleManias have we been to live? And, you know, if you had to rank your WrestleMania experiences, what would they be?
0: Go ahead, Benny. I'll let you go. All
2: right. Well, you know, much like y'all too, um, my boy P. Color Boy, shout out to you. And yes, I have gone to four WrestleManias together. Um, we did not go to four in a row, but we went to 28 in Miami, 30 in New Orleans. 32 in Dallas, and 33 in Orlando. So, you know, as we got on and made more money, we started to do more things. Um, as far as our ranking, I would go with... Well, 30 is first. Like, to me, 30 is the best WrestleMania of all time. Unle- well, either that or except Okay. After that, I would say either orlando or dallas i didn't enjoy miami all that much which is kind of funny because i'm from fort lauderdale so i was home and also one of my best friends was getting married this ceremony was actually right across the street from the convention center so we heard the access crowd a lot during the house but (laughs) Um, yeah i'm gonna go i'll go with dallas then orlando and then miami Okay,
0: yeah, for me it was yeah, we went Sean and I, the for a little bit of background, Sean and I we go back to tenth grade. Uh we go back to high school, shout out to the dub, what's shout out to high school.
2: Uh, see you.
0: And so we go back way, we, we go back uh that far and so you know, we didn't get close until college, our first year at North Carolina A and T. So um but after that, you know, we have gone to yeah, you know, like we said, went to four WrestleManias in a row. Actually, forced our other best friend to get an apartment so we could stay there. Uh, <laughs> that was a that was a very fun moment when we kind of just told her you're getting, you got a year to do this, and she came through. To shout out to Jamie. So uh, we so for me, uh, twenty seven through thirty, Atlanta, Miami. New York, New Jersey, and New Orleans. So, for me, I would say Miami was the best one, even on the drive. I never real, I didn't realize how long the Florida Peninsula was until I drove to Miami. And I said to myself, I will never do this shit again. So, <laughs> because, you know, Sean will tell you, we were rolling. Like, we left Charlotte at midnight. By 4 a.m., we were in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. From 4 a.m. on, I really was like, are we there yet? (laughs) It literally was like, are we there yet? And, yeah, that was, um, that drive was an experience. It really was a huge lesson, like, to never drive willingly to Miami ever again. Just fly on into Fort Lauderdale or to Miami International. Yeah I've done that before, so
2: I know it many times.
0: <laughs> so but for yeah, for me, my but Miami the event Miami was one of my favorite ones, I think. That was the uh Ric Flair retirement match, the uh Ralph versus Cena one, which I really thought that that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um and then and then, of course, those the catalyst for uh, Daniel Bryan's trajectory to WrestleMania Thirty that we're going to talk about tonight. And then um, New Orleans was my second favorite one, probably just because of the moments that happened and that we're going to talk about later on in this uh, show. And then Atlanta, Atlanta was good. Atlanta was a special because it was the first one, and it was close. It was like three hours from from my hometown of Charlotte. And then the last one, New New York, New Jersey, that was kind of like a late planning, Um, you know, and got the tickets behind the stage, unfortunately, so I didn't get a good chance to get a picture of the set. And then on top of that, it was cold, it was drafty, I really couldn't enjoy myself. However, the thing that saved me from that experience was the Raw after the, the greatest crowd that ever att- assembled. at raw the crowd
1: that started it all.
0: Yes, it was the night at the night after WrestleMania. That crowd in 2013 at the Izod Center. That crowd is what started the tradition of the Raw at the WrestleMania, and it was nothing like it, and it will, and no, no crowd has ever measured up to it since,
1: and won't. Ever. <laughs> Often imitated, never duplicated. I gotta agree with that. Although Dallas came close,
2: Keith and I were there when a not to, well. I'll go ahead and mention when Enzo and Cass came out. Oh, I could just imagine. that crowd went through the roof.
1: I just not even even watching um, at home, uh, that pop you could tell that was huge. Um, that, that probably rivaled, uh, I think the biggest pops I've heard after, uh, WrestleMania, um, one was when Brock Lesnar came back. Um, two was when, uh, Dolph Ziggler won the title. Um, so I think those were two of the biggest pops live that I've heard. Um, but then just the sheer fun, man, nothing's ever going to be anybody, you know, any crowd just chanting, uh, fandango's
0: music. You know what I mean? Like it,
1: it was it was in the arena, in the parking lot, in the subway, like everywhere. Uh people yo, know, it, it it was just all the way live. Uh to talk about my experiences, um I would say uh twenty seven, uh I would rank that at the bottom. Uh I yeah. Um, y'all know how I am. You know, I think about the overall experience, but then I think about the card too. Um and yeah, that card was just really shitty. Um great Undertaker Triple H match, but other than that, yeah. Um twenty nine, cool. The Miz. Say what? What is it, Michael Cole? Bruh, did you just say Michael Cole to me? Both of y'all know I don't like that mopo. I don't and, either, which
2: is why I said it. And he won! Why? He won. J-
1: Lawler won, and then they reversed it. Man, no, let's not talk. No Michael Cole. I'm not going to talk about Michael Cole. Y'all going to get me in my feelings. So, 27, the worst. Um, you know, as far as me, I agree with uh, Dwayne. Um, I really couldn't, uh, you know, get my bearings together with 29. Uh because it was so damn cold. Uh, and I think I turned to uh, Dwayne several times during that show. He was like, yo, I love these WrestleMania experiences, but we ain't going to no outdoor uh, WrestleManias anymore. Uh-uh. Ain't going to happen. I ain't about to be out here in no cold for four hours. Unless, I, I damn sure wouldn't do it now when WrestleMania is eight hours long. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but,
0: if ain't in the Dome or in a warm weather city, we ain't doing it.
1: That's the only way. Um, I would say after doing the research and going back on this show, my top two has kind of flipped. Um, before um, watching this show back, I would have said WrestleMania 30 was number one for me. Um, but I'm actually going to go uh, Dwayne's way as well. Uh, WrestleMania 30 is number two for me. Uh, and, and 28, um, number one. Um, and that's mainly because outside of, uh, the Hulk Hogan, uh, the rock stone cold, uh, beginning, um, the Daniel Bryan, triple H match, um, 21 and one and Daniel Bryan winning at the end. Nothing else really happened. Uh, the cart was rather shitty, um. And I, I just appreciate uh, WrestleMania 28's car holistically so much more.
0: Yeah, and I was, so I was going through the ratings of the matches and I saw a 1.25. Did, did we even sit down for the Vicky Guerrero Invitational?
1: Uh, I don't think that we even paid attention to the Vicky uh, Guerrero Invitational. Uh, I think that might have been the time during uh, WrestleMania 30 that you were trying to get me to shut up so we wouldn't get jumped. Um,
0: yeah, we go going to talk <laughs> about that as well because we almost died in New Orleans that night. So, yeah, we will talk about that later on. <laughs> uh, I, know, I know somebody in here, though, is a Vicky Guerrero fan.
2: Oh yeah, I was gonna get to that. Believe that. <laughs> but, yeah, I paid attention to one part of the video. <laughs> <laughs> Got cell phone pics to prove it. Oh man! Look, <laughs> look, oh, man, save dope. that on the steps. Click, click. <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs> Let me tell you this man and my boy Chris Stevens, shout out to CJ Wrights and Things. These two were the leaders of the Vicky Guerrero Fan, fan Club. I think it was Benny who coined the uh, Vicky Guerrero.
2: Holding it
1: down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get. It. We're gonna let you have all of that when we
1: get all of it, bro. You. That's you. That's you. Well, that, all that of is
0: that. Your, that is your match. That is your segment. It is all yours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but, have
2: anything else to say about it.
0: <laughs> the, the you 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 were you were in your heaven. I I get it. I get it. <laughs> so, but so yeah, so let's, so, yeah, so Like we said, this this is a retrospective. Uh, our spin on things here when, with uh, Nuclear Heat, we want to, you know, kind of discuss how things were at the time and then if there was any change that we would have done to the, to the batches, to the eras, to the to the um, times that we were living in. I mean, a lot of the things were very memorable, especially at this event, and we saw the seeds being planted for a lot of the a lot of the events that did happen. Like the basically the, the yes chance really started at WrestleMania 28 in Miami, and the match like. We were getting, we were just sitting down when the match started, and six seconds later, the bell rang. So when we heard two bells in six seconds, we really sound like,
1: what the fuck happened? Pissed yeah. off. Pissed <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Like, I already know that Sheamus is Triple H's boy, and he's already probably going to win this match. But come on, man. 18 seconds? 18 seconds? It wasn't even 18 seconds. So I don't even know where the hell they got that from. Because like, we literally got to our seats, turned around, and then boom. Ding, 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 ding. Winner? What? Um, but yeah, like Dwayne said, um, the Yes Movement kicked off that night, and we saw uh, it book in um, with Daniel Bryan uh, finally getting his moment at the end of WrestleMania 30, being crowned the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I'm excited to get into it.
0: Alright. Okay, so yeah, so uh, I guess now we are going to go into the card here. Uh, We are going to get to the get to the batches and so we did look at the we were talking about the pre-show.
1: And what we decided was let's go ahead and skip that pre-show. So if y'all want to know what happened on the (laughs) pre-show... There was a fatal four-way elimination match for the WWE Tag Team Championship. Your challengers were Ryback, Ryback, and Curtis Axel, uh, the Real Americans, Cesaro and Jack Swagger, Los Matadores, Diego, and Fernando. Uh, if you don't know who that is, that's Epico and Primo. If you don't know who they are, uh, they look like Carlito. Uh, <laughs> and your tag team champions uh jimmy and jay the usos who retained in 16 minutes and 13 seconds um dave Meltzer gave that match three and three quarter stars uh i don't remember the damn match uh i wasn't going to look at the pre-show on wwe network um any thoughts guys we good
2: yeah, we're good. Um, yeah, 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 uh, pretty much it
0: with me. <laughs> yeah, that, that covers it. Even though looking at the match rating for that match, it was a lot better than a lot of the matches on this card. But let's yeah. go ahead and get into it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Um, so moving along, um, before we get into the first match, um, the show kicked off um, with great video package as WWE always does. And we were first greeted by Dwayne's favorite wrestler. Uh, That's sarcasm uh, for anybody who's wondering. Um, Hulk Hogan. Um, before we knew who Hulk Hogan really was, Hulk Hogan came to the ring uh, to greet us um, as the guest host of WrestleMania 30. And... Um, he then promptly called the Superdome the Silverdome. You uh, idiot! Uh, yeah, some CTE stuff going on right there. Uh, Stupid idiot! <laughs> until the crowd corrected him, um, and he finally realized he was in New Orleans at the Superdome. Um called Hogan Truth. kicked us off. Um, then he was joined by Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Um, great moment um Michael Cole um said one thing good um and we know Cole doesn't say a lot of things that are good um, he called the moment representation of um three guys that you would definitely have on WWE's uh, Mount Rushmore uh so what we'll say you guys uh, what were your thoughts on this opening segment for WrestleMania 30 I
2: thought it dragged on a little bit too long, although they spaced the introductions well. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, yeah, at at one point, though, I was just like, okay, can we get to the matches? Because the only thing I drove to New Orleans to see was DB with that strap at the end of the night. Like, okay, chop, chop, let's get to it. Yeah, for me, it was...
0: uh... I could tell also was still feeling the effects of the of the uh, you know how he got his neck messed up years ago uh, from Owen Hart at SummerSlam 97 I believe
1: but you can kind
0: of tell it's was kind of affecting him because he was leaning on the ropes quite a bit for that whole for that segment and it looked like had he stood up any longer would have it would have uh what's the word I'm looking for? It would have like wobbled over or something. So that was one thing I did notice. Um but I think it did go on a lot longer than it should have. I think if Hogan hadn't have slipped up several times in that in that thing, and if Stone so Cold you also would have stopped at WrestleMania eight or nine during <laughs> his, during all his WrestleMania runs and everything, I think that would have Shortened it, but I think it was a good representation of the different eras. I mean, Hogan with the 80s, Austin and Rock, also in the late 90s, Rock, early 2000s. So it was kind of a good decade representation of the growth of not just WrestleMania, but WWF slash E in a whole
1: i say I agree with you both. Um, I did think that it drug on a little too long. Um, I do actually, I did write that down. Um, That that segment definitely went a little bit longer because of that slip up. Um, (laughs) um, But I will say, um, I didn't know uh, Stone Cold was going to come out. Didn't know The Rock was going to come out. um, But knowing Hulk Hogan was going to open the show... I was thankful that um, that they came out because as soon as I heard Real American, I was like, please come down here, say your prayers, do your 24 uh, inch pythons, and get up, get back up the ramp. Um, the only moment that Hulk Hogan provided us was slipping up, looking like a jackass, uh, saying, <laughs> Silverdome um but it was good to see stone cold um you know i think i can't even remember the last time we saw him um before then uh off the top of my head feel like it was at wrestlemania 27 before then uh, yeah, so, that so it was good to see stone cold always good to see The rock um and he remembered his lines this time they weren't you know, on 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 his uh, arm. <laughs> that was terrible. Come on, bro! You the highest paid actor in Hollywood, man. You can't remember your wrestling promo lines. Come on, man! But um need a promo. Should just do
0: what he does best. Just of his head.
1: Exactly. Uh, but yeah, good moment. Um, perfect guys to start it off um, and like Benny said yo let's get into the matches so uh, we start off with Daniel Bryan versus Triple H uh, this match was determined which superstar would be the third entrance into the main event triple threat match with Batista and Randy Orton for the WWE World Heavyweight title uh, Daniel Bryan Won the match uh, via pinfall at 25 minutes and 58 seconds. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave it four and a quarter stars. Uh, What say you guys? How was this opening match for you?
2: One of the things that struck out to me was, well, one, of course, Triple H had the longest match in the show because, you know, it's Triple H and he tends to do that sort of thing. But the monster package, before the match, it just brought everything back from the previous months, which I sort of needed because during that during that time of DB versus the Authority, I actually took three months off raw because so I was just like, "Look, I can't take this anymore," you know. And I can't even remember if I bought the t- the WrestleMania tickets <laughs> in the interim, but I was just like, "Look, I'm tired of this." And then I came back once Michigan State started doing the yes chant at the basketball game. So I was like, oh, this is from WWE? They're actually doing something with Daniel Bryan? Okay, I might have to start watching again. So then I started watching back. and yet, But the match itself, it was really good, I have to admit. Of course, I am, well, Sean will like this. I'm about to pick on Michael Cole. Because Cole said that it was one of the biggest upsets in WrestleMania history. Stupid, even though Triple H is the all-time leader in WrestleMania losses. So right, that was- Dumb. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Consider the source. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: that's true. But, uh, but yeah, Dwayne, what do you think about it?
0: Well, uh, so yeah, for I, I agree with y'all. It was a very it was more drawn out than it should have been. Of course, you know, five minutes of the of that after the monster package was Triple H's entrance, and that's actually when we first got to see the future of women's wrestling in that entrance, uh with Flair, Sasha Banks, and Alexa Bliss. Um, the future, uh, three future champions, right there. Uh, and so that was that was pretty awesome to see. And then the the match really did go on and on and you know, it was really one of those things where, you know, he knew it was eventually they were gonna put him in the match. But it is like how long does he have to how long and how much does he have to go through to beat these odds because you know, it's already been a long odyssey as it has, as it was. And I think, well, I think I suffered. I, I didn't actually watch through all of it. Um, And so, shockingly enough, I was, my attention span was still there. And I was just like, this is, like, this man ain't never going to win this title. But I was like, there's got to be some light at the end of the tunnel here. You know, because I think when the Royal Rumble when when they, they got they booed like crazy because he didn't win
1: when he uh, wasn't even in the match.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that part too, and then and so it was just like, okay, this road this is gonna this is like one of the longest roads in WrestleMania ever. <laughs> so, uh, and. You know, I'm definitely with you there, Betty, where that idiot Michael Cole was like. is was a, one of the biggest upsets in WrestleMania history. Like, this is, you gotta like this man is Cinderella, man. Like, he hasn't won a title before or, like, any kind of title. Like, he was pretty decorated before before this match. Like, it was like he was David and Triple H was Goliath or Big Show or something. Like, come on now.
1: Daniel Bryan at that point was already a multi-time WWE champion. So, Michael Cole, I know this is probably why you blocked me on Twitter. um, But as I said every Monday, um, before you blocked me on Twitter, at Michael Cole, shut the fuck up. So, my thoughts. <laughs> um I I I think um going back to the entrance, um it was just unique. Um just having Charlotte Flair, um Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks be a part of that entrance. Um each lady that was a part of that entrance is a four-time or more uh WWE Women's Champion at this point. Um, so that's awesome. Um I will say, fellas, uh that the match itself, uh we all know that Triple H is going to have the longest match on the card. And that he did. Um but um I'll give it to him. Uh when Triple H has a good good appointment, uh, a good opponent uh, his matches are tend to be really, really good, and in my opinion, uh, this was the best match on the card that night. Uh, I don't want to say it went completely downhill after that, uh, but there was no wrestling match that was better than Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. Um, it was, you know, a stopgap between him getting uh, to uh, the world heavyweight championship. Him being Daniel Bryan, pronounced "pal." Um, Shout out to Bruce Pritchard. Um, But um, I enjoyed the match. Um, Glad that Daniel Bryan won because I was worried that they would probably make this. I don't know about y'all, man, but I was kind of wondering if am I going to really see an all-evolution main event? Did that creep into any one of yours' minds?
0: It did. I want to say it did. And Either that or there will be like a double pin and it will be a fatal four way. I
2: didn't have any thought of that happening because, like, if they would have done that, I'd have considered walking out. (laughs) 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 I would seriously (laughs) consider just throwing away my $250, (laughs) however much I spent on that ticket. And I might have walked out had Triple H actually won that match, and he gone on to the Triple Threat by No. Nah.
1: You know what's interesting? Like, who if that call would have been made? Now we're just you know shooting the shit, um, speculating. But if the call was made to defeat Daniel Bryan, who do you think would have made that that call? Triple H. Triple A. Really? Really? Oh yeah. I would have I would have thought it would have been Vince.
0: I think Vince as senile as he can be at times and out of tune at times as well. I think Vince does at the end of the day, Vince McMahon is a troll. And he knows he knows he listens to the crowd but he wants to get the crowd pissed off one way or another. So, I think in one way or another, um, I think it probably would have been more because Steph was more in the creative side at that time, right? Yep. So, it wouldn't have surprised me if, you know, Steph would have probably submitted that, or I could see Vince possibly doing that, but I think Triple H and Steph would have probably had more of a more of an idea more of something in there, but I think I think Vince knows, because it's kind of like it was similar to Kofi, in a sense this past year mm-hmm. if you really think about it, because it's like, Vince, Vince hears these people chanting for Kofi he knew the people wanted Kofi, but he set all these obstacles, and it was very, very similar. Mm-hmm. To, it, very, it was very parallel to uh, Daniel Bryan's path. I mean, you know, Daniel Bryan's was over a two year odyssey, Kofi's was, you know, by a very, very fortunate twist of fate because Ali was injured. And that was actually full circle in the sense, too, after Kofi got bugged by Ed's all, year, all those years ago <laughs> in, the, in the Elimination Chamber. And Ed's ended up taking a spot. I was like, oh, wow, that's some bullshit. So so that was kind of, uh, that was uh, basically a, um, that was basically my thought on that. I think it was more Triple H.
1: The reason why I said why I lean towards Vince, um, uh, is because, you know, Vince, you know, uh, it took him a long time to kinda get on board uh with CM Punk. Uh now granted, um when he finally did, you know, Triple H still, you know, didn't see it. Uh but Going back, y'all remember, you know, CM Punk won the title. He left, came back, um, beat John Cena um, at uh, SummerSlam. And then, uh, what was that, Alberto Del Rio um, beat him for the title after Kevin Nash interfered. Um, yo, that was all events. Um, and then Triple H and... Uh, Kevin Nash and CM Punk had this weird uh, feud. Triple H had that match with CM Punk where CM Punk was white hot, but Vince made the call for Triple H to beat CM Punk. Triple H tried to get that change for CM Punk to beat him, but Vince wasn't having it. You know what I mean? Like, so I know Triple H, you know, wasn't quite on board with the whole Yes Movement Daniel Bryan. but just like the example you just used, Dwayne, with Kofi, uh, Vince can put people through a whole lot of shit even though the people want them until he finally, like, relents and, you know, gives the people what they want.
2: I have to admit, when it comes to me and Triple H, the first thing I'm always going to think about it's him and Booker T at WrestleMania 19. And Oh, yeah. That yeah. and a few other things, I'm, I just can't give Triple H the benefit of the doubt. I mean, maybe it's personal, maybe it's subjective. I'll roll with that. But it just seems like a very Triple H thing. To, I mean, the guy brought back the Outlaws in 2014 to be tag team champions. I mean, he went from. Uh, he he my keep, you know, was like down.
0: old fat road dog on top of that, too. Oh, I forgot. It's things that you try to forget. God
2: oh, dang. But yeah, I just. <laughs> yeah, that's why I gotta say triple. <laughs>
1: Yo, it's funny that you bring back, bring up uh, Triple H uh, bringing back the New Age Outlaws because our next match is actually a six-man tag match that I completely forgot about. You got The Shield after their face turn. Dean Ambrose, who is the current United States champion. Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns defeated the team of the New Age Outlaws and Corporate King. This match was 2 minutes, 56 seconds. Meltzer gave it 2 Quash. stars. I thought it was worse than that. I would have gave it a dud, but hey, what say you guys? Quash. <laughs> and, and, and
2: did these members ever defend that damn US title?
1: Hell no. That <laughs> thing was nope.
0: never defended. <laughs>
2: So, of course, the big story of WrestleMania is DB, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the underrated thing was that I think that this WrestleMania was what started to sow the seeds for the Shield being the dominant force of WWE for the next few years. I mean, shoot, the next year, two of them were in the world title match in the main event. So I think that This WrestleMania was kind of like, okay, this will be the time that we'll put them on the stage, we'll show them as dominant, and we will start their push to get them going. Probably because, as we were talking about earlier, the powers that be, to use the old WCW term, weren't always (laughs) 100% behind Daniel Bryan. So I think that's one of the things, like, you know, we always talk about DB, but I think one of the things that gets lost in that is that this was really the beginning of the S.H.I.E.L.D. era. So, um, Sean, if you have thoughts about that, definitely love
1: to hear. Um, I I actually agree. Um, I'll actually kind of turn the page back um, to WrestleMania 29. Um, WrestleMania 28... WrestleMania, I'm sorry, WrestleMania 29, WrestleMania 30. Both of those WrestleManias, um, The Shield, were in six-man tag team match um, the year before. That was, you know, right on the heels of them, you know, being a group. group. Um, they were building themselves up to be this heel-dominant for hire uh, tag team um, faction um, at WrestleMania 29. Um, they defeated uh, Big Show, Randy Orton, and Sheamus Um, the team of Big Show, Randy Orton and Sheamus, they were the veteran baby faces Um, and then you saw that growth between Wrestlemania and 29 and WrestleMania 30, um, really, as you said, Benny, um, building them up to be that dominant faction, um, standing on their own, which brought about that face turn and got us to where we were. Um, at WrestleMania 30 and putting them over basically um, in that squash match against uh, the old age outlaws and corporate Kane, uh, Mayor Kane, whatever the hell you want to call him. Um, But the match was a complete squash. (laughs) match was a complete squash. Uh, I I think the majority of the time was setting up um, signature moves for the Shield. That's really all you saw. Um, Superman Punch, Superman Punch, Spear uh, I think that was one of the first Yeah, yeah, that was one of the first times that Roman Reigns did his, uh, you know, uh, that run to the outside where he gets that kick to the uh, head the Yeah, um, so yeah It was definitely a vehicle um, to make them look super uh, dominant, super over um, The crowd popped For uh, the triple power bomb at the end, Uh, yeah, Yeah. like I said, it wasn't memorable, but I believe the match served a purpose.
0: Can't say it better myself. That pretty much summed it up. So we can go on to the next match.
1: Cool. Um, So next up, we had what I forgot about (laughs) was the first ever. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. 31 man, um, 13 minutes, uh, 25 seconds. Dave Meltzer gave it three stars. Uh, I totally forgot that Cesaro won the first Battle Royal, last eliminating the Big Show.
2: Cesaro winning was the only thing that I did remember about that Battle Royal. Really? Uh, yeah, that, that was it. Because I remembered him, like you know, getting big show over the top rope and all that, and you know him coming out the next night being a Paul Heyman guy and everything, and that was the first time that it ever looked like Cesaro was actually going to get a push. We're still waiting five and a half years later, but that's another story in itself. But the, one of the things that stuck out to me was just like looking at the roster of people in the match. Oh yes. Because I mean, you had a certain Fox News host, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gosh.
2: <laughs> a guy who is starting his own well not starting his own promotion tomorrow night, but whose promotion will have his first TV show tomorrow night. All right. You had three guys who had not yet decided to Form what I honestly believe is the best trio in WWE this decade. I agree. And then you also had Xavier's, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, other partner, Brad Maddox.
0: Oh, (laughs) gosh. Jesus. That guy. That fucking guy.
1: (laughs) That guy. Oh man, come on, man, Benny! You not gonna, uh, we not gonna show love to Yoshi Tatsu. Oh
2: man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't
1: that bad. Are we gonna disrespect the good damn name of Yoshi Tatsu? <laughs> Hoo, hoo, come on, hoo. man. Okay, come on, alright. We're not gonna respect. put some respect on Yoshitatsu's name. Can we put some respect on Brotus Clay's name, who stole Absolutely Ernest not. the Cat? Well, nah. We ain't respecting nobody who steals from Ernest the Cat Miller. Fuck him.
0: Right. <laughs> What's up? And, and then on top of that, on top of that, I will say the only good thing out of the only good thing we got out of broadest claim was Naomi. That was it.
1: Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I
0: wouldn't uh, say Cameron.
1: Cameron. Nah uh, you, you don't you don't have to say Cameron. Uh Cameron was canceled as soon as uh Stone Cold went after her on uh. Tough tough tough. Yeah. <laughs> what did she say? Was that
2: like Melina and somebody was the Alicia Fox
1: Alicia and Fox <laughs> I was like, what? My man said out of all the wrestling matches in the history of the sport, your favorite match is Melina versus Alicia Fox? I was like, damn, you can't feel no smaller at that moment. Yo, so I want to uh read through um some of the names uh that weren't mentioned. Um uh, so the great Kali was in there, Zach Ryder, Darren Young, and this was right after Darren Young. The
2: Black John Cena.
1: Yeah, you can that was right after uh him and Titus O'Neil had sp- uh, split up. Uh Santino Marella, Damian oh, Sandow, Justin Gabriel, David Otunga, Uh, Alberto Del Rio, Dolph Ziggler, Sheamus were all in that match Um, The Miz was all in that match as well Um, And then Dwayne knows why I saved this for last But the greatest band in the history of the WWE was in this match Rest in peace to the three-man band Heath Slater, Drew McIntyre and Don't Hinder Gender Mahal.
0: Did you have a fantasy football team with that name? I did. <laughs> <laughs> don't Hinder Gender. Don't Hinder Gender. <laughs> God. That was the worst thing ever.
1: So I just want to let y'all know that there was no purpose on me reading those names, but to point out Three man band at the end and save Jinder Mahal for last. That was the only purpose that I did that for. Wow. That was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I'll keep moving on. So uh, next up, um, this is a match I'm really looking forward to hearing you guys from. Um, this was John Cena um, versus Bray Wyatt. With Eric Rowan and Lou Carver by his side. John Cena defeated Bray Wyatt by pinfall at 22 minutes and 25 seconds. Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. What say you guys? How was this match for you?
0: Wow. That match didn't last that long,
1: it? 22 minutes and 25 seconds, dude. It was watching it back on the WWE Network it was longer watching it back than I thought it was watching it live.
2: Oh, huh.
0: interesting. So, I would say this, now that I think about it, this match really wasn't, I think Cena could have, I think it could have been the other way why should have won that match. You know, because he was, he was a rising star here. And, you know, I know Cena is how well at the time was still part of the upper echelon, you know, yeah, one of the quote unquote untouchables. Because hey, it's John Cena, and but I think this was one of those times where we could have put the man over, and. I don't know if it was the ego thing or what, but or if it was that's how it was written, and go to a new storyline. But for what for what it was worth, uh, you know, Bray right. did make Cena work, which was something Cena did need because you know, John Cena doesn't work unless somebody pushes him. So I think he got pushed a little bit. And it's—I really thought this match was just straight one-on-one, and there was no outside interference. And in. why do they always put Rowan solo for like—and I know I'm going off topic. Why do they put Rowan solo for like three, three weeks, and then bring back Luke Harper every single
1: time? <laughs> <laughs> every single time.
0: Like, can the man just? Apparently, y'all just don't have the confidence to let the man shine on his own. So, stop trying to do it. Stop trying to make Fetch happen.
1: Look, the only time that Rowan wasn't on his own and Harper came back was when they stuck Braun Strowman in the Wyatt family. right. And you see how long that lasted. <laughs> Not What's long the, at all. <laughs> what say you, Benny? So, I think,
2: I think Cena had to win particularly because of the story that they told. You know, kind of like what Dwayne was saying. You know, just the story that they were telling lent itself to a Cena win. Now, the flaw in the design was the story that they were telling. They could have told a different story and had Bray Wyatt win the match, but they pigeonholed themselves into telling this Oh, it's about my legacy and blah, 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 blah. You know, I still have to be the guy that kisses babies and all this and that. And because of that, and because we know they're never turning John Cena heel, I know that ship is long sailed, but anyway. Because of that, Cena had to win. He just had to. So I think the problem was the story that they told coming into the match. Now, to say something good about the match, I think the match had the best psychology of the night. I think the psychology in that match was really, really good. And that was something that I didn't catch watching it live. I think it took me, you know, watching it back and saying, like, okay, like, they're actually... Telling a decent story here. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to one other thing that Dwayne said, as far as like you know, like Rowan and Harper always being together. The funny thing is, so Bray was obviously facing who one of the most popular guys in WWE at the Mm -hmm. time. And you can argue whether Cena or DB was the most popular at that time. Looking at the Wyatt's now. They are feuding with arguably WWE's three most popular guys. Mm-hmm. You've got Bray and Seth. And then you've got Rowan and Harper against Reigns and Bryan. So it's funny how they seem to be the foils for these super faces. And yeah. the, other, the other just completely random thing that I noticed about the match was after it ended, the camera was on one particular gentleman who would become worldwide famous thirty plus yes. later.
1: I caught that too. I coughed that too. <laughs> the end of that match, that's the first time I saw uh the Undertaker guy. <laughs> um, I completely agree. Um, you know, I, I know earlier I said, you know, watching it back Um, the match was longer uh, than I thought it was um, when we watched it live. Um, But that didn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy it, um, and I completely agree uh, with the ring um, psychology. Um, I like the way that they used Harper and Rowan. Um, One thing I thought that may have happened watching this live is that um, Harper and Rowan would get a little too much involved, Um, In the match, um, but that didn't happen. I like the way that they were used. Um, I like the pace of the match. Um, I do agree uh, with you both. Um, In a sense, Dwayne, I do feel that Bray Wyatt should have won the match. But then... um, I also feel the way that Benny felt the story that they tell- you know you know trying to push um John Cena to be this mean streak while he's trying to you know be that same person, be that hero, and all that you know they backed themselves in a corner um where you know the only thing that you could do uh was give John Cena um the win um I think the problem that I had with the story um and Cena getting win getting the win was that this was just a continuing pattern of, you know, having a real strong character, uh, that you could build. Um, and they just kept making this man lose, man. Um, the reason why, uh, Bray Wyatt is necessary as the theme now is because, uh, they killed this version of Bray Wyatt. You know every time he had momentum, um they stuck him in a situation, or that he he couldn't rise above that talent alone couldn't rise above, or you know just saddled a man with losses. I don't care what anybody says, you know, I know wrestling is predetermined, um but you know there are times where wins matter, and Bray Wyatt in this error um he just took too many L's, man. Um, like neither one of you can tell me that when Bray Wyatt was the WWE champion that you took that run seriously. Like he, he you couldn't take him seriously as a champion. Um, and Francis. then, what, yeah, and then what happened? As soon as he got it, they dropped him at WrestleMania versus Randy Orton. Well, we knew that was going to
2: happen once or- once Orton won the Rumble, and I think Cena was the champion mm-hmm. at that time. You kind of knew that yeah. some heel probably Bray, because I think Bray I think Bray had already been scheduled for that Elimination Chamber match at that point. Yep, yeah. I mean, the writing was on the wall, so Nobody it was the there Cena. was a surprise. Oh, my bad.
0: Go ahead.
2: Oh, I, well, just to say, so, yeah, by the time... So, yeah, when Bray won that belt, it's like, okay, so he's going to be the one. He's going to lose it to Orton. You know, there's going to be this whole, like, Wyatt family storyline. Although or- Orton burning the house down was kind of cool. I will admit. Yeah. Randy has had Randy has had some memorable scenes in houses. Like, that one... <laughs> and the one in... The one in 09... And Triple H beat the mess out of him at that house in Jacksonville.
1: Oh, man, that, that was awesome. Man. That was epic. That was epic. <laughs> With his fake wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would say... I would say, yeah, because nobody really wanted to see Cena and Ori for the 80,000th millionth time. Like, my God, how many times do we have to see the two go at it, like, we know the rivalry, we know it's, it was stale, so, yeah, that was a clear, clear, I call it the Stan Stasiac syndrome, where you're just a transit, you're only a champion, because nobody wants to book, or nobody wants to see two people go at it again, mm-hmm. so, we're just gonna throw a random person in to transition, Mm-hmm. from one person to another so yeah that's definitely what happened there
1: okay gentlemen this is the time I've been waiting for let's do it it's the streak versus <clears throat> 21 and 0 at Wrestlemania The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar 25 minutes 12 sec- seconds Brock Lesnar gets the pinfall win after his third F5. Dave Meltzer gave it one and a half stars, guys. What say you?
0: Fuck this batch, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: a great way to start it. That's a great way to start it. I'm still bad at this shit. I do know what we talking about. This gets me all I think just the the stunned silence you can just hear. I've never been, in, you know, watching events at the Superdome. All the events that have ever happened in this stadium, in this stadium, and actually being there, and I felt the loudness. I felt like how, and I really imagine like how it really is a different event in the stadium, but you can literally hear a pin drop after this match like it was so the shock that that was that was in everybody's face and just jaws dropped like what the? and then then after after everybody processes it and then the pinnacle 21 and 1 flashes on screen and I'm hearing all the booze, and I hear somebody cheering, cheering this like crazy. And I look, and this Sean sitting next to me, and I got people behind me like I'm about to we about to get jumped.
2: And I'm like, if you don't sit your ass down, like we gonna get us killed. Oh man! Oh, man. oh
1: my best. god!
0: This was like one of the craziest. That was one of the craziest moments.
1: That was the best. Go ahead, Vinny. I'm gonna
2: let you go. Oh, for man. It. Okay, so what just something that happened during the match. Paul Heyman's work was magnificent. Oh yes. It it really, really was. If anybody ever asks you what the value of Paul Heyman is as an on-screen character, you show that match. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I'm not even talking about the shock of like when Brock mm-hmm. won, although that was great too. But just like all through the match, his facial exp- his facial expressions were better than his like actual audio commentary. Definitely
1: amazing.
2: Um, another thing was oh, I didn't one other thing I didn't notice until watching it back. The guy that, well, I call him Super Brock fan. Mm-hmm. From what, the guy who like, had his arms all out when Brock came out in Miami.
1: Yeah.
2: That guy was actually sitting four people to the left of the guy who would soon become Shocked Undertaker guy. Yeah. So it would have been really funny to see if there was any interaction between them mm-hmm. after the match.
1: Yeah. I noticed that too.
2: That and there were nine minutes between the end of the match and Taker making it to the top of the ramp. Mm-hmm. Nine minutes. We always talk about how slow Taker's entrances are, and things like that. And of course, I understand. You know the appreciation for Undertaker. Dog, nine minutes is a long time. I mean, we had. <laughs> matches that didn't last nine minutes.
0: <laughs> that is true. Could have ran the could have ran the shield best three times over.
1: So could have there you go. Could have had two Vicky Guerrero invitationals. Double the picky. <laughs> <50.
2: Ooh, boy. laughs> we getting hot in here.
1: Uh yo, I'ma tell you this. And Dwayne already kicked it off. This match was my best live experience ever. Uh, Like, and the thing about it is, I was thankful that we went to that WrestleMania because I wouldn't have taken in that match at home the way I did live. Oh no. Uh, Definitely. Um, so just to talk a little bit about the match, not to repeat anything um, that anybody has said, um, I like the Undertaker's entrance. Like, um, I, I love the, the caskets with the names. Um, one through 22. Um, I like, you know, when he set the 22, 22 casket on fire. So I, I loved all that. Um, the match was terrible. Um, But then we all know Undertaker got his bell rung um, early in the match and 50 years old working with a concussion and wrestling Brock Lesnar ain't much you can do but try to survive that. Um, But the match was too damn long. There is no reason on this earth that a Brock Lesnar match should be over 10 minutes. Shouldn't be. Especially with the Undertaker, I'm sorry. That match being 25 minutes and 12 seconds. Like, um, I remember being in the crowd, and this match was sucking the energy out of me. Why? Like, I remember the moment that so the finishing sequence was uh, the Undertaker attempting to Tombstone Brock, Brock reverses, hits the third. F5, and then we got the 1, 2, 3. At that attempted tombstone, like the crowd popped up a little bit with the reverse. The crowd got more into it, hit the big third F5, and then 1, 2, 3, like Dwayne said, silence. And I remember looking at Dwayne, I was like, yo, they messed up like, they had to mess up, like, you know, like, I don't know about y'all, but, like, you know, I know we found out after the fact that Undertaker had a concussion, but I already felt like something was wrong with them, like, you could tell something was off. Um, I don't think that, I, I don't think that match would have had that quality if Undertaker was all there, so you could tell something was off. So, my initial thoughts was, you know, oh no, they messed up. This wasn't supposed to happen. Because when was the last time that we all saw a match? There was a three count and there wasn't an immediate music playing. There was an not an immediate announcing of a winter a winter. It just went silent after the yeah. three count. You know what I mean? Like, but I'll give WWE credit because they let they milked that. So great. Oh, they, did. Okay. That, they that suspense was beautiful, and I just remember looking at Dwayne. I'm like, they messed up. They messed up. They messed up. And the longer, the longer that the weight of the announcement went, and it felt like forever. But you know, watching it on you know the WWE Network, it really wasn't that long. But then I remember turning to Dwayne. You know, I was like, uh uh-uh. uh, I think this happened. This is supposed to happen. Like, I feel like no. Wow. This is right. This is right. <laughs> he won. He won. And then what happened? We looked up, boom. 21 Man. and one. Man, Dwayne is right. I lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my shit. Right. Like, like, yo, you know, I knew people. We're going to be shocked. I knew there was going to be some stunned silence. I didn't expect the booze. But fellas, I thought that was some of the best theater I've ever seen on TV in person.
0: We don't don't mark out at wrestling events like those people. But that moment was that moment I was like I was still in the state of shock until so I saw him losing his shit. And I was just like, and I saw people, I started seeing people were there. Like, I was like, sit down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, like literally like Dwayne du- du- is not exaggerating folks. Like I was the embodiment of the Daniel Bryan. Yes. Chance in that moment. Like, so, fucking excited like yo I think I even said like yo this is great this is awesome like I was like over the moon like this is the best thing that happened in history of wrestling and people were looking around at me like dude what the you better shut the fuck up what is wrong with you this did not just happen this is the worst thing ever Undertaker shouldn't lose also yo people were pissed and like well, most and,
0: times, I let you just do your thing because yep. that's how you are. But, <laughs> but the thing about
1: it. what what Dwayne knows and what other people know, once you the more and more you get to know me, when I'm in a moment like that and you're pissed off, and that's only gonna egg me on even. Right. So um, I don't right. go
0: <laughs> right, and I was just like most times i'm just like you know what that's how that's how sean is i love him for it but at this moment you gotta chill out
1: man so I, i'll tell you this so if i hurt your feelings if you were in that new orleans crowd and i hurt your feelings with my loud yes chants and excitement because the undertaker caught that l my bad but i'll tell you this i'm gonna have to fade to the background when we talk about that Vicky Guerrero Invitational because just like Dwayne could tell you while that match was going on I was still talking my shit he was (laughs) he was overall man I I, I thought it was great um, echoing um, Benny Um, I did notice that it, it was damn near 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, from The Undertaker finally making that walk back. Um, but like I go back to, you know, um, from the moment that hand went down for the three count um, from that moment until The Undertaker um, disappeared beyond the curtain. That was just great theater. Um Man, I, I can't I can't tip my hats off and I know we're gonna talk about this um another week. Um but looking back to this day, I believed on that day and I believe it now Brock Lesnar was the right person. And that's all I'm gonna say about that.
0: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> so, I it took me a long time to actually talk about this match without getting heated about it because it's still fucked this match at the end of the, <laughs> to the end of time. <laughs> so uh, it's always gonna be fucked this match at the end of time. But taking the fan blinders, taking the purple and black blinders off here, I will have to agree. That all good things do come to an end unfortunately even when it's written in script or in life in general you know this was a great run um if Taker signed off on it then I got no choice to be okay with it and that I think the fact that you know looking back reading really the reading all the news and the and the, uh, the, uh, the backstage things there, at the end of the day, was definitely the right person. Uh, I mean, I can't think of anybody else. You know, like Roman Reigns wouldn't have been the right person. Uh, Bray Wyatt definitely wasn't the right person. Uh, even John Cena wouldn't have been the right person. So I think I think you gotta have somebody who's a monster like Brock Lesnar who just doesn't give a shit at all. I mean the character of Brock Lesnar, because ironically a lot of people look at Brock Lesnar, all they do is see the character. But if you get Brock Lesnar on like Sports Center or anywhere away from like the WWE spotlight or camera, the man's very charismatic. Like a lot of people don't realize that. And, yeah. like, dude is really funny. Like, remember, I remember once he was just like, "Say so stupid, Paul," <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was like, "Yeah." So I think that I think that he was the right person in retrospect. You know, still fucked that match all together, and you know, I'm glad I'm still able to live and. Everything of that sort, you know.
1: The is <laughs> never going to be able not to say "fuck that match" in there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I, I say "fuck that match" because one, I almost died that night, and two, <laughs> and two, you know, because it was this, the that moment. I was just like, you know what, fuck this shit. If it wasn't for if it was for the main event, probably Bryan being there, that'd probably been the moment I walked
1: out. But... And if anybody's curious. um, I was still talking shit in the parking lot. He was. <clears throat> I kept going. He, he kept going. On. Like even
0: after, I'm like, man, I'm like, can we just get to the damn car? I just want to get back to Slidell, so I could you know, <laughs> I just want to get out of here.
1: And they was mad. Um, but great times, uh, man. That 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 was. Definitely, um, I I still tell people to this day, um, you know, been to wrestling events, comedy shows, concerts, whatever, um, that moment, um, you know, being at a live event is my number one moment ever. Um, Okay, guys, um, I know Benny has been waiting on this, but um, before we talk about the main event, uh, let's talk about our... Vicky Guerrero Invitational Match for the WWE Divas Championship. Um, I was confused about what this match was supposed to be because I don't remember it live because I was still talking my shit. Uh, But um, AJ Lee, she retained her WWE Divas Championship in 6 minutes and 48 seconds defeating Oksana Alicia Fox. Brie Bella, Cameron, Emma, Eva Marie, Layla, Naomi, Natalia, Nikki Bella, Rosa Mendez, Summer Rae, and Tamina Snuka. Thank you, God, for Triple H, NXT, and Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Becky, and all them because damn. That lineup. What say you guys? Yuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> you said Oxana, and I was just like, damn, didn't she break somebody's nose? <laughs> like, so, I she, broke, she broke Naomi's... Yeah, you know, she broke Naomi, but Naomi was getting her first ever push.
1: She, I forgot about that.
0: He broke her orbital bone.
1: Yo. He only
0: ended a, up being mid card for years.
1: Look, man, the only memory that I have of Oksana is um, when Cesaro first started and he was doing that stupid saying things in five languages. Oh, he, yeah. She would just be there looking stupid um, <laughs> with him because he was looking stupid doing that too. Right. Really? Uh, but yeah, I ain't got shit to say about this. Um, it was nice to see AJ Lee again because I do miss her. I don't miss her theme song. Um, that? I do not miss that. Uh, but Benny, <laughs> Benny, dude, this is your time to stand all over
2: Vicky Girl. Well, kind of like with Orton, it's harder to do now um, and it has been ever since she started talking about the uh, kids being held in cages and like her stance on immigration in general, so yeah, sadness but at the huh <laughs> well, I think it was Michael Bivin that was always talking about like having the pumps you know in the heels and all that.
1: oh my god yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he wanted to sing some old BBD.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
2: <laughs> but just to say a little something about the match itself. Um, I actually didn't think it was terrible. It was passable to me for the six and a half minutes that it was. And it actually did get a little bit better as it went on. So it wasn't just like, you know, the black hole or the bathroom break or whatever. Now, you know, seeing like Oksana and Cameron, some of them in the ring wasn't too great. And of course, they did that Tower of Doom spot that you always seem to find in <laughs> women's battle royals or, you know, matches, all of them. But it could have been worse. I'd have said that even without Vicky, but you know. But the big thing is, you know, no one cares because you know, as we mentioned, it was after the a match, and the energy had been taken completely out of the crowd. Oh, you could. So when we talk about a match being in a death spot,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: literally. (laughs) Figuratively speaking, as it relates to Taker, <laughs> that was in the deadliest of death spots.
1: Dead, what graveyard, was. yo. And y'all can y'all can tell me if you uh if if you have some other regulation, but. I really believe, I mean, the match was, the crowd was completely dead um, for that match. That crowd didn't pick it up until the middle of the main event. Because I I remember it live, uh, you know, when Daniel Bryan, Batista, and Randy Orton uh, was making their entrances, the reactions weren't there. Not the way I expected them to be. I don't remember the crowd picking back up after um, the match until Triple H and uh, Stephanie came out through the crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, on that note, uh, we'll go to our main event, the Triple Threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship uh twenty-three minutes, twenty seconds. Meltzer gave it four and a half stars. Daniel Bryan becomes your new WWE World Heavyweight Champion, defeating Batista by submission. What's that, you guys' thoughts on the match?
0: Who's the Champion Orton? Orton, right? Randy Orton. Oh yeah, because he was not a factor in the decision. So no. Feeling that Batista was the one that took the L here, and then did he quit the next night?
1: No, he didn't. Uh, there was a brief, there was a brief reunion with uh, Evolution. They feuded with the Shield, and then Batista quit after they got beat two times by the Shield, and then that was your infamous. I never
0: got no one-on-one world heavyweight title match, yeah, because. He was hollering about that. Okay, I hmm and then he didn't come back till he started spinning all over the microphone. There you but, go. Yeah, Give me what I better. want. Give me what I want. <laughs> oh so, yeah. Um Yeah, so yeah, like you said, like the air was already like sucked out of the building. The buzz wasn't really there. And and it really didn't pick up till the Middle of the match because because uh, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it, so a lot of this is all coming back to me. But uh, yeah, the it was a it was a good match, and you know the ending was great. You know, all the odds like the Odyssey. I think watching watching the celebration and seeing that moment that Mania live. Was like the culmination of all the times I had to suffer through that whole process of that because there's I was with I was with you, Benny. I was at the point where I was like, I don't even want to watch this shit anymore because it's really the same thing over and over again. But I, I was like, I'm gonna stick it through. Like it, I didn't get to that point until Baron Corbin started running Raw and. <laughs> That's when I kind of fell off a little bit with the wrestling, but I would say that watching that moment, watching the Infinity Fall, the celebration, I was like, "This was worth every painful moment because this was like the culmination right here." And and so it was definitely glad, good thing, a great thing to see, I should say and I enjoy I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the ending it was it was perfect, you know, of course, everything that transpired after that wasn't all that great uh with the injuries and the brief retirement but uh that that's really how I saw it at that point so, you so i think I
2: actually still have. A couple of pieces of confetti. Wow! Um, yeah, because oh. yeah, I put some, I put some in my pocket, and you know it got back to Tallahassee, and I moved. I just kept putting it in boxes. With them. I actually still have a piece of yellow. That's dope, of though. From that, but also I didn't notice until watching it back how muted the rea- the entrance reactions were. Especially Daniels. Yep. I was like, that's it? Yep. Really? I'm like, mm-hmm. I I'm Maybe it's because I was so into the story when I was there that I didn't notice that, you know, everybody else was just like, eh. But yeah, it was like, for me, it was like, this is the moment I'm with you. So, you know, But yeah, that the first half of the match was just like, uh, okay, whatever. But when he kicked out, of that first Scott Armstrong count, mm-hmm. that was the moment to me. And watching it back, where I noticed, okay, fans are back into this mm-hmm. because it was. A, I think it was at that point that they realized, oh, this isn't just going to be another beat beatdown. We are actually going to get what we want somehow, and right. in, in everything about that match picked up so much in the Mm. last everything. It was was almost like those two completely different matches. Um, And I didn't... I'm starting to think, was that the first time we got a CM Punk chant?
1: Yep, it was. Yeah. It was. Because
2: I was just like, wait a minute, I'm like, and me, I, I am a huge, huge Keith will tell you, after he won that championship match against Jericho at 28 in Miami, I immediately went out into the competition. And it's still one of the shirts I wear the most day. I actually wore that shirt when I went out to watch his first FC fight. <laughs> 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 when I tell you I'd have lost it if Punk would have come out, <laughs> that would <was, laughs> have lend itself to the tremendous amount of overbooking that the match already had. But, you know, I'd have dealt with it. The thing that really surprised me about the match was that Batista tapped. I thought it would have been a pin. Because, you know, you have the crowd being able to get into a pin. You know, with the one, two, three. That's like... And I didn't know the match was over until I heard the cheering just go astronomical. Mm-hmm. That was when told me the match was over and that Daniel won. And just, you know, when I watched that match back on Saturday, I still got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. There, are only, there are only two moments I can think of in all of entertainment that give me those kind of goosebumps. That in the scene when everybody got brought back in. Hmm. Those are the those are the two things. And I mean, and I've seen a lot of things. I've seen my teams win national titles. Shoot, I saw my team win a national title the next night on Raw because the UConn game ended like five minutes after after Raw. But those two things, that match and. Everybody being brought back in.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, um, and then the other thing that I remember, and I mean, I can't even say I remember because it was something that I noticed during, you know, during the back in the last it on Saturday was when they showed Connor Mahal. And I was like, hey. is, you know, especially since September was the month that everybody had, you know, the Connors Cure um, I don't want to call him decap. You know, and everybody had like the and stuff, and then yeah. seeing him, I "So, I mean, I think that was a moment that meant so much
1: mm-hmm.
2: to so many people in ways that they probably would not care to." That I then I'm gonna throw myself into that group. That you know, I don't I don't know if WWE is even capable of giving us that kind of moment. Because one, they don't book that way. And two, well, I guess this is really like I guess it's really a 1A and a 1B. But it doesn't seem like there's anybody that is universally loved, like DB was at that time. Because I don't think you could have found a hundred people in that arena who didn't want Daniel to win that match. And I don't think I don't think you can get that now. I mean, the only person that I ever really thought could have even come close would have been Johnny Gargano. But okay. they ruined that with the whole thing of him being the guy who ran over Aleister Black, attack Aleister Black. Sorry, but yeah, I, that's what people want to see, and it's one of those things that I can't believe that people have gotten when it comes to booking wrestling is that people cases win. We don't want the most polarizing superstar in WWE history. And, you know, for the big dog, you know, it's my yard. And, uh, I think what we look for is at our core, we want this kind of story. We want this kind of story that we can all move together
1: and then all be and this thing. Totally agree. Um, I don't want to repeat uh, what you said, Benny, um, but, you know, I, I, I do agree that, you know, the moment, like I said earlier, when, uh when I think about this match, um like I I my earliest memories of this match was Triple H and Stephanie coming out, um, Scott Armstrong coming out, uh attempting uh to count the pinfall and Daniel Bryan uh kicking out. I think that's when I snap back into WrestleMania 30, that was still on my Undertaker high. So you know what I mean. <laughs> I wouldn't pay attention to shit else. We um, know. <laughs> um, but that moment, um, kicking out Scott Armstrong, um, eliminating Triple H and Stephanie, overcoming that, those odds. I still remember that uh, that that move uh, over the top rope um, that took everybody out. Um, uh, the CM Punk chant. I always remember that being the first CM Punk chant. Um, I think that was more so because they wanted CM Punk to come out and help him oh, than yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what we know the CM Punk chant to mean now. Uh, but then I also uh, remember the spot uh, where they got up on the announcer table and I was like, I know they're not about to try to Batista bomb him into an RKO, and wow. Uh, Now, I still think Randy took the brunt of that move because he landed smack dab onto one of the monitors um, in the center of his back. Uh, So I know he took more of the brunt than uh, Daniel in that Uh, move, uh, really dangerous, but you know, you could just feel everything from that moment on the crowd was in it, cheering, chanting for Daniel Um, and then when that Yes Lock was on Batista and he tapped out man, like, that was the moment like, I tell you guys, uh, Dwayne knows this Uh, my favorite wrestler, Shawn Michaels, always has been, always will be. Um, Man, I would have loved to be in Anaheim, California uh, at WrestleMania 12 when he won the title. You know what I mean? Um, I think out of all the moments in wrestling, and I know there's probably some moments better, uh, but that moment means more to me. Um, Like, being in that crowd, you know, soaking all that in, I mean...
0: That was especially cool since, especially since
1: Dv the Hbk's protégé. Yeah, um, you can literally through the confetti see seventy thousand people all chanting "Yes!" Man, that's, that's goosebumps, man. That's magic. You know, that's theater. Those are that's the moment that Benny was talking about. Man, those are the moments that you want, um, like great match. Um, one of the times as a fan of WWE, uh, that you felt like that they gave fans what they wanted to see. Um, so man, I, I got nothing but good things just about the culmination of this story. Um, it took us damn near too long to get here. Um, but when we got here, um, Man, what an excellent job to tie up this! I mean, he tapped out Batista. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't remember Batista, Batista tapping out before. So yeah. that that was big for me. Now Batista done quit a couple times. <laughs> the wheelchair, the wheelchair. Both, I quit was hilarious. Time. Now let me just say this: both <laughs> times that Batista has quit have been epic moments. From the wheelchair to the arm in a sling with his fucked up haircut, just waving, I quit. You know what I mean? Like the Queen of England, you know? (laughs) Hey, let me just say this. Batista can do him some quitting. (laughs) Right. But, There's but one he, thing good he, he, he can quit good. You know what I mean? Because, hell, didn't he quit on Twitter when uh, James Gunn got briefly removed as Guardians of the Galaxy director? Yep,
0: oh, yeah. he did.
1: That, that boy know how to quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure,
0: I'm sure he's on Gears 5 right now playing with somebody and he got killed. I quit.
1: I quit. Damn, <laughs> twelve-year-old beat me. <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, let's kind of wrap this up with WrestleMania Thirty. Uh, just overall thoughts on the show. What stuck out? What you like? What you didn't like? Just your overall thoughts.
0: All right. What I liked: the culmination of the. Danny Bryant storyline, the Odyssey, as I like to call it, because that's what it was. Um, The the crowd energy and the post, the reaction from the Rock-Taker match, fuck that match, but um, you know, reliving the moments afterwards. Um, And then, other than that, it was a You know, with those two moments, um, reliving Mm -hmm. it, kind of, now that we talk about, even though it was a very short match, kind of like the seeds being planted for the rise of the individual members of the Shield to go on and do great things, or great things that they did while they were here, since uh, one of them is not there anymore. Um, And so... Overall it was a overall was a good show. Still you know, right there with uh, you know sitting right out there for me with twenty eight uh in Miami. But it was a very good very good match and then a uh, very good event and I'm glad that I was I still can hold the memory of this being the better one of the two that were in New Orleans. So it was definitely better than the most
2: recent work. I think with, I remember, I think with WrestleMania's is in <laughs> interesting that I probably place more on the main event than most people. You know, I'd love to say, you know, you know if I think about it in detail, yeah, I'll get into a more review of the card as a whole. Four, five, six hours, whatever. But just when I first think about it, yeah, I'm usually thinking about the main event. And yeah, the main event was everything. It really, really was. At that moment, it didn't matter what happened for the rest of the night. Like, so you know, it didn't matter how great Dallas or Mando Yeah, I'll I'll stick with Dallas. Actually, no, we can go with Miami, too. Dallas, Orlando, and Miami, it didn't matter how great the rest of the night was. The fact that members of the Inouye family were standing tall at the end kind of dampened those. Particularly Dallas and Orlando. But, Orleans, this is what I waited for. This is what I paid my however much money was that seat. And that was just, I mean, it's one of those feelings I'll never forget. I mean, I went to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 in 2017. And the only reason I went was to see Ember Moon beat Oscar. And that did not happen. And it was just a thing of like, oh, like I was just so frustrated because at that point, I really thought it was Ember's time and all that kind of thing. But yeah, this was just, and it's always gonna stick out. I mean, so many. Reasons. I simply love this event. I mean, I really do. It's up there with X ever for me.
1: I echo those same sentiments. Um, I always have fond memories of this uh, WrestleMania. Um, definitely up there with one of my favorites uh, of all time. Um, man, I, I honestly thought that uh, Triple H had the best WrestleMania match of his career. Um, at this event with Daniel Bryan, um, two great, excellent um, Daniel Bryan matches: um, the Wyatt and Cena match. Uh, like Benny said, I agree. Uh, great psychology. You know, I think you know the story could have been better, and Wyatt could have got the win. Um, it was still um, pretty good. Uh, watching the battle royal back um that was fun uh seeing the names and you know where they were at that time, where they are now uh, was was pretty fun um and then you know even though uh we only like uh two out of the three people involved uh the hoganbrock uh in austin segment um uh, will always be very memorable uh, but y'all know y'all know. What this WrestleMania comes down for me. Man, it's always gonna be about Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, See so if can grow. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, you know, Undertaker <laughs> Brock <Lesnar. laughs> We are not doing that. <laughs> uh, Undertaker Brock Lesnar. Um, man, just like I said, man, I love the theater. Um, my favorite moment live ever. Um, just, you know, and I appreciate everybody who was shocked, who was in awe. Um, I appreciate everybody who was pissed. Um, I, I appreciate everybody who probably wanted to be my ass, uh, because I was reacting the way I was, Um, uh, because you know what all that shows me? Um, we, we watch week in and week out and nine times out of 10, uh, we know what's going to happen. Uh, and we react as such. Uh, we debate, we react, um, we do all these things. Um, there are very few moments when we are shocked, um, and in our shocked state that, you know, we react, um, you know, a hundred percent genuine, like, These are the moments when, you know, are one of the moments um, that, you know, your true, you know, feelings about what you're watching, your love of the form of entertainment that uh, you're investing in really comes out. Um, So I appreciate everybody's reaction. Um, And honestly, from Shock Undertaker guy to everybody else involved, like, that was a wrestling moment. That is what pro wrestling is about from Undertaker losing the streak and Daniel Bryan uh, winning the title. That's the greatest high. That's the greatest low. And WrestleMania 30 will always be great because it delivered. Both of those moments. So, yeah, guys. uh, Yeah. um, Amazing show um, and uh, glad to be there. Like I said earlier, um, I don't feel like I would have had the same experience watching at home um, and feel the way I do about it. If I wasn't there live. So I'm very thankful that we made the decision to be in the Silver Dome at WrestleMania 30. (laughs) All right.
0: So, yes. And then, um, so yeah, that will wrap it up. I think we have a great, great show. This was a great topic to start Nuclear Heat. and we know that's all for our first edition. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Benny, for joining us today. And just one more time, where can our listeners follow you?
2: Listeners can follow me at OIGO Las Rosas. Um You'll see me tweeting in the Rawcast and S- you know in the SmackDown Matters tab. In case you don't remember. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Be sure to use those hashtags. Uh, and any special hashtags from our friends at the WrestleCast as well. Shout-out to Don Delorente La Rente and D.D. Jeanne, my TT. So, um, uh, once again, I am Dwayne. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ActuallyDwayne, and you can follow Sean on Twitter at ShaolinShogunMA. Uh, join us next time. Uh, we're going to debate on how we would have booked the end of the streak. I uh, should have gone to Brock Lesnar should have gone to a younger talent, should Roman Reigns been the guy or should the streak have ended at all? We'll discuss that. We're going to possibly catch some heat in the process. Next time on Nuclear Heat brought to you by the CSPN.